0: Welcome to New Season Ministry with Evangelist Jeremy Cook. We hope today's message will challenge, encourage, and uplift you in your walk with the Lord. Enjoy the message. Going to continue our series tonight on cultivating spiritual fruit. And we have talked about love, joy, and peace. As a matter of fact, Brother Jacob, if you will put Galatians chapter 5 up there. Because I want us to read this again. We've been reading it aloud for the last few messages that we've been a part of this. And just so you know, unless y'all check out on me, I, my intention is to, is to go through all uh, all fruit of the Spirit. To, uh, to take care of all these. But let's read this out aloud. Galatians chapter 5. Verses twenty-two and twenty-three. So let's let's read it together, shall we? But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So we've talked about the joy. We've talked about the love of the spirit. We have talked about we have talked about the the joy of the Spirit of God. We have talked about the peace that the Spirit is wanting to work in our lives. And so now, uh, love is pretty good. We we all agree with that. Joy that that's that's wonderful. That's great. We want joy. We want peace. How many can say Amen? Say that I want peace. Now we're getting ready to dive into some of these. These more ones that we're just kind of, kind of say, uh, you know, you may not say amen a whole lot. You may say uh, ouch a couple of times as we go through these next ones. But tonight I want us to talk about long suffering. And actually, I want to just say this right off the bat in the King James and the New King James version of the Bible. It'll say long suffering. That is actually, regardless for some of you, uh, for some purist of Scripture, um, long-suffering is probably not the correct word to use there in the Scripture. Because you have to dive in a little bit to figure out what the Apostle Paul is actually saying there. But the Apostle Paul is actually saying that the fruit of the Spirit is this. It is love. It is joy. It is peace. And it is Patience. Patience. Y'all are already starting to get quiet on me tonight. Y'all are already starting to get quiet. So tonight we are going to talk about cultivating the fruit of patience in our life. And so, go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 6. The book of Hebrews chapter 6. I want to read one verse of scripture to you tonight. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 12. This is what the writer of Hebrews is writing. He is talking about the promises of God. And this is what he says. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 says, Be not slothful, but be followers of them who through faith and what patience. patience. Now we're good with the faith part, right? Pentecostals, we're good with the faith part. Uh, it, it It would have been good if he would have said, be followers of them through faith and inherit the promise. But that's not what the writer of Hebrews said under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. What he said was, don't be slothful, but be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise everyone in here in this house tonight has a promise that God has spoken over them there are promises that we have corporately there are promises that we have individually but in order to access what God is wanting for us it comes through faith we're good with that because we hear it a lot of time, You've got to have faith. You've got to believe. You've got to, have, you, you've got to trust God. And we quote the scriptures that say. Without faith it is impossible to please Him. Because he that cometh to God must believe that He is. And He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And I believe that. But the promise is obtained through faith and patience. And so that's what I want to talk to you tonight about. I want to talk to you about cultivating the fruit of patience in our life. Amen? So let's pray before we get... I feel like I'm going to need help tonight when I preach this. Amen? So let's let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you tonight, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity, one more time, to preach your word. God, I'm asking you, Lord, right now in these next few moments of time, that your word would go forth in power and demonstration God anoint our ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us tonight. And Father, I'll never cease to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. amen. And amen. By show of hands, how many can say I'm an impatient person? I am an impatient person. I hate to wait. I don't like, I don't like waiting. My dad was like that. My dad hated to wait and when we would gather together for family things especially things concerning like Thanksgiving and Christmas and what have you my sister was always notoriously late she was she, she was always constantly late and we had a lot of people in our family that were that way too but she was one of them and I love her to death she'll be listening to this I love you Hannah And my dad would always let us all know, Now, Thanksgiving dinner, we're eating at this time. We're eating at 12 o'clock, or we're eating at 1 o'clock, or we're eating at 2 o'clock, or whatever the case may be. My dad did not like to wait. And so when... 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock came around. It didn't matter who was not there. He was sitting down at the table and he was getting ready to eat. And I've kind of inherited that trait from him. I don't like to wait. I'm a very impatient person, especially. When I have my mind made up that there is something that I'm wanting, when I feel like that there is something that I want, when it feels like that there is something that I need in my life, I don't like to wait. So if I want a new pair of shoes, I don't want to wait till next week to go get a new pair of shoes. I want to jump in the car and head down to Walmart or head down to the mall and get me a pair of shoes. I don't want to wait. I don't like waiting. I don't. How many? How many can say this? You know, I, I don't understand why doctors even make appointments anymore. Right. Hey Amen. Your doctor's appointment's at one o'clock. You get there at one o'clock or a few minutes before one. They're still out to lunch. They're still practicing. They're still practicing. You get there and 1.30 kind of rolls by, 1.45 rolls by, 2 o'clock and finally, maybe somebody, if we're lucky enough and fortunate enough, somebody has invited us back into the triage area and then back in and therefore we wait another 30 or 45 minutes for somebody to come. Wait, and, and we walk away going, why in the world did we even have an appointment? If you haven't realized by now, I don't like to wait. Even in my spiritual life, I didn't like to wait. Because when God called me into ministry, you heard me talk about this just last week, when God called me into ministry, at 16 years of age, people would prophesy over me. People would speak over me and say, Brother Jeremy, God's got great things in store for you. God's going to use you mightily. God's going to do this and God's going to do that. God's going to open up doors for you that no man can shut, shut doors that no man can open, all those different types. You know, the things that we shout over, And then I'm thinking, I'm walking out of the church and I'm thinking to myself, you know, tomorrow is going to be a different day. Tomorrow, all of these things are going to just start happening in my life. And you know what? Nothing happens. Nothing happens. It's the same mundane routine that I'm going through. And sometimes I would feel myself becoming impatient, asking myself, well, God, I'm, you've spoken all of this stuff over me. I, I believe the people who have spoken to my life have heard from you. And, and, and God, if you could just hurry this along and, and explode everything in my life that you're wanting to explode into my life. I would be greatly appreciative of that. Because as you are very aware of, I am an impatient person. I don't like to wait. But here's what I have found out. Our lives are filled with waiting moments. Every day we have to wait on something. Whether or not if it's going to the restaurant and and sitting down at the table and having to wait for them to bring our food. Whether if it is driving down the road and sitting at a red light waiting for that red light to change from red to green so that you can go. And more deeper experiences, sometimes it is waiting for those things that God has promised us. Sometimes it is waiting on God to open a door so that we can walk into what God has ordained for us. Sometimes, sometimes it's that healing that. We're wanting. And sometimes, whether we want to agree with it or not, whether or not if we want to believe it or not, sometimes, even in those moments of times, we have to wait on God. We all experience waiting seasons, but I have found out over the course of my lifetime and over 20 years of ministry, that the waiting seasons are perhaps some of the most important seasons that I will ever go through. And my brothers and sisters, the waiting season is the most important season perhaps that you will ever go through. And how we respond in these seasons. How you respond to the wait. How you respond at times to where it seems like that God is silent. How many have ever asked us... Have you ever asked yourself, you know, I, don't, I think God doesn't even hear me? I, talk, I try to talk to God, and God's really not even talking back to me. Amen. How we respond in those moments of waiting determines what we come out with. You see, in our scripture today, the King James Version would call this long suffering. As a matter of fact, it is the fruit of the Spirit. It is the characteristics of being filled with the Spirit of God. And Paul the Apostle in Galatians chapter 5 would call it long-suffering. But what the Apostle Paul is saying is that what has to be developed in us, what the Spirit of God is wanting to develop in us in this period of waiting, Is what he calls patience. And patience in the Greek is actually the word endurance. And what God is wanting to develop in each one of us, what God's desire for each one of us is to develop in us patience, endurance, consistency, steadfastness, and perseverance. If there is ever a day that the church of the living God needs endurance, if there's ever a time that the church needs patience, if there's ever a time that the church needs consistency, if there's ever a time that the church needs steadfastness, it is right now. We need some people that can endure. Why? Because the Bible says that those that endure until the end, the same shall be saved. We need some people that will possess patience because in that we possess the souls. In that we need to develop consistency. Consistency is that thing that we know how people are going to respond. We don't know whether or not if today they're going to be in and tomorrow they're going to be out. God is trying to develop something in us because here's the thing. The world is a battleground. It is not a playground. Here's the thing. This world We'll cheer you up and spit you out. And we'll think a thing in the world about it. Oh. You see. This world is a battleground. It's not a playground. And Christ is looking for men and women. That have built up some endurance in their life. And the only way that you can endure some things. The only way that you can overcome things is really having the patience or the endurance to survive them. Oh. And my brothers and sisters, when we look at the fruit of the Spirit, we can shout over love. you got to love everybody. We can shout over joy because we've got joy down in our souls. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. We can shout over peace, the peace that passes all understanding. But when we come to this, when we come to this idea of patience, when we come to this idea that sometimes we have to wait, sometimes we have to endure, sometimes we have to go through some things. Sometimes we have to go through the valley of the shadow of death, Sometimes we have to endure Betrayal. Sometimes we have to endure Hardship as a good Soldier of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we have to endure the Pain. Sometimes we have to endure the Storm. Sometimes we have to endure the Trial. But why do we have to endure? Why do We have to go through something because Jesus Christ is trying to build something in you and he's trying to build something in me that at the end of the day when the world is on fire, we are steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, it is time that the church of the living God start falling, stop falling apart at every little whim, and every wind that blows. I want to tell you tonight, church, that it is time for the church of the living God to build up some strength and some endurance and some patience in this trying out. You see, here are just a few points that I want to make to you. Number one, patience Requires waiting. And waiting actually builds strength. What are you doing? How are you spending your time in God's waiting room? How are you spending time in God's waiting room? When you're waiting on the promise, when you're waiting on the healing, when you're waiting on the victory, when you're waiting on whatever it is that you have placed your hope and trust in God, how are you spending the time in God's waiting room? Oh my goodness, thank you, Holy Ghost. Because I wanna I wanna I wanna dispel a myth here. Just because you tell God to do something now doesn't mean that God has to do it now. Amen? Amen? Amen. Just because you tell God to do something now does not mean that God has to do it now. And here's the reason why. It's because God sits outside of God. And God is not bound by time. Scripture says that a day is with a thousand years unto the Lord and a thousand years as of one day. So here's the thing. How do you spend your time in God's waiting room? I can tell you how Israel spent their time in God's waiting room. They complained every chance they got. I mean, think about this. God sends Moses, the deliverer of Israel. They watch God break the back of Pharaoh. They watch as the plagues are sent down upon Egypt. They watch as darkness comes in, but there's light over in Goshen. They watch how God sustained them through everything that God was doing to Pharaoh. Pharaoh lets them go. They come to the Red Sea. They start complaining. They get through the Red sea, come to the bitter waters of Mara, they start complaining. They come to Mount Sinai, Moses goes up into the mountain and receives the law of the Lord, and because he doesn't come down as fast as they want him to come down, they start complaining and convince Aaron to make a golden calf so that they can worship. They're eating manna every day. They get up in the morning. They don't have to fix anything. All they got to do is go out there and pick it up. And they walk out their 10th door. There's manna on the food, on the, on the floor. They pick it up and they complain that they don't have any meat. God, I'm tired of this man. God, I wish that have, we could have a T-bone steak every now and then. God, wish we could have some fried chicken. Well, I'm just getting tired of what you have provided for us. Right. And Sister Shield, yeah. I deal with a lot of Christians yeah. that while they're in God's waiting room are complaining about what God's doing. Oh, right. Yeah, right. Amen. And it all comes to a culmination. It all comes to culmination when they're getting ready to go into the land of Canaan and when they're getting ready to go into the land of Canaan they start complaining out of fear out of the battle that they're going to have to face and God says you know what I've had enough of this all you bunch of complainers can just die and for the next 38 years which should have only taken them 2 years to get to they had to spend the next 38 or next 40 years Wanting around because while they were in God's waiting room, they complained. So let me ask you the question. How do you handle being in God's waiting room? Listen to this. Psalm chapter 27 and verse 14 says this. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And He shall strengthen thee. Wait, I say, on the the Lord. I want to read that to you again. He says, if you'll wait on the Lord and be of good courage, He will strengthen you. He says again, wait, I say, on the Lord. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31 would say, but he that waits upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. While you wait What are you doing while you are waiting? You see The waiting area I know we're not chaffing all over the place But what you do in the waiting area Of what God is trying to do Will determine What you come out with You see, if all we do is complain, we'll come out of it bitter and broken. But if we pray, if we worship, if we read the Bible, if we continue with fellowship, then while we are doing those things, God begins to strengthen us for the journey. And God is wanting to strengthen His church for the journey. Now listen, I have not come to be a negative Nancy tonight. But if I understand my Bible, if I understand the days and the times that we are living in, I am not anticipating this world getting any better. And we need some strong Christians in this day and age that are not going to fall apart. We talked about it last week. Remember Isaiah said that he would keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. And we understand that that word word perfect actually means complete. It actually means that he will keep you complete. See, God has a way of keeping you from falling apart. But here's the thing. You've got to have the The patience in the journey. You've got to have the endurance for this. When I was in high school, I loved playing baseball. I was a baseball player. I loved loved playing baseball. But there was one part of baseball that I hated, especially when we got... When I got into high school. For the first three weeks. Before we did anything else. We had what was called conditioning. And for those three weeks. Coach would run us into the crack. I'm talking about he would get us. Out on that track. And we had to run a mile in seven minutes or less. And I'm telling you, we would we would pull off on the side of the track, so to speak, and we'd start throwing up, and coach would come by there and go, What you doing, boy? Get to running. I'm about to die, Coach. I, I, do you want to play or not? Run. Then he'd get us out on the on the field. And he would make us run poles. Now, from home plate to center field, it was 420 feet. From foul pole to foul pole, it was right at probably 400 feet. And he would make us run poles. And he would say, all right, run it 50 times. And that's all that we would do. Why? Why? Why is that necessary? Why is it necessary to go through all this pain? Why is it necessary to go through all this hardship? It was because that when it came came time to play the game, his players weren't passing out simply trying to run the first base. And he knew that when the game started, we had nine innings to play. We didn't have three. We didn't have six. We had nine innings that we had to play. And he didn't want any of us giving up during the game. My God, I'm getting ready to preach. And we've got Christians today that are giving up over the least well, I'm just going to say it like it's popping up into my mind. Stupidest thing in the world. Yeah. Right. Well, Amen. hey, look at me funny, Pastor. Who cares? Right. Have you looked at me? I look funny. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus. Told you it was a backslider. As a matter of fact, this morning, as I was walking through the house, I don't know why, but every once in a while I'll just start singing it. I don't know why I start singing it, but I'll just start singing that old song that says excuses, excuses. You hear them every day. Well, the devil he'll supply them if from church you stay away. From people, when people come to know the Lord, the devil always loses. So to keep them folks away from church, he offers them excuses. Well, it's a headache Sunday morning and a backache Sunday night. But by work time Monday morning, you're feeling quite all right. Well, the whole family had to stay home just to blow that poor kid's nose. Excuses, excuses. You hear them every day. Well, the devil, he'll supply them if from church you stay away. Well, that preacher we've got must be the world's most stuck-up man because one of the ladies told me the other day that he didn't... Shake my hand. And we've got Christians that are falling apart over the silliest, stupidest things. And how in the world are you going to maintain? How in the world are you going to endure when you're falling apart over everything? But God is looking for some men and God is looking for some women. Worship. Read the word. Do you know? Second thing here. Do you know that God waits for us? Do you know? Do you know that? God waits on us. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. Listen to what this says. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious to you and if you put Isaiah chapter 30 in it's proper context and it's proper perspective of what is really being addressed here is that Israel is making alliances with people that they shouldn't be making alliances with they have enemies that are coming against them But Israel is running to people that they shouldn't be running to for their help and for their deliverance. And Isaiah says these words. And the Lord says, I'll just wait. Us blessings. He still waits to give us forgiveness. He still waits to give us miracles. And God is long suffering with us and He's patient with us, and we can't be patient with each other. Remember, uh, I'm just teaching tonight. Is that okay? Paul writes to young Timothy, and this is what he says. He says, Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season, reprove and rebuke and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. See, I wish, still that he hadn't put that long suffering in there. I wish that he would have just said, preach the word, be in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all doctrine. Because Paul understood that as we're dealing with people, we've got to be patient with each other. Why? Because God was patient with us. You know the reason why I'm here today? You know the reason why you're here today? Is because God was patient with you. Don't believe it? Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. But God is not mocked. He's not slack, as some men have counting slackness, but he is long suffering to us, not willing that any of us should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Luke chapter 15 in the story of the prodigal son, you know what the father did? He waited. He was patient. Every day he was looking out over the hillside waiting to see whether or not if his son who was lost was coming home. Now I know I'm taking some artistic liberty here, but if the people around him was anything like some of us, Every once in a while, somebody would have probably came up to the father and said, um, "Why don't you just just give it up? Why why not just why not just he, he, he's never he's never going to come back. He's never going to walk. He's ne- you're, never gonna see him again. It, you're never going to see him again. You're never going. You ought to may as well just." <coughs> Give it up. But <coughs> well, that father is probably sitting there on the front porch of the house overlooking and says, No, and I'm awake. Yes. I'm patient. Mm-hmm. I'm long-suffering. And the fruit that God is wanting to <laughs> cultivate in us, not only in the waiting seasons of our life, but the long-suffering that we show to people Here's the thing, I'm glad that I had people in my life that didn't write me off at every little mishap Amen. along the way. Thank you, Oh, my goodness, thank you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Well, let us just travel down this road while we're here. Peter says, Jesus, how often should I forgive my brother the sins against me? Now, Jesus, I'm gonna be a little spiritual here, so I'll tell you what. I'll give him seven times. Jesus says, "No, not seven times, but seventy times seven. That's 490 times." Now, listen. Remember, you got to dig deep into the scripture. Because in the el- elsewhere where Jesus is talking about that, it's 490 times in a day for the same offense. Yes. 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 Because Jesus would say, if your brother sins against you, comes to you and says, hey, I'm sorry, forgive me. And then turns around and then turns back towards you and does it again and says, oh, brother Johnny, I'm sorry, forgive me. Jesus says, forgive me. What is that? It is long suffering. It is patience. It is endurance. It is consistency. And then number three. This patience will give us the proper perspective of everything in life. Right focus is the key in our walk with the Lord. Let me just say this. I've got about eight minutes and I want to finish this up here. Can I just be honest with you? One of the things that really bugs me about the Pentecostal church is we think that everything ought to be instant. We think our deliverance ought to be instant. We think our healings ought to be instant. We think that everything ought to be instant. and Sometimes it does not happen that way. As a matter of fact, probably 95% of the time, it never happens that way. And sometimes what we want is we want the escape from the trials when really the escape is never the answer. Sometimes we have to look back and sometimes, my brothers and sisters, I marvel at the ability and the strength that God gave me as I look back on my past to get through some of the things that I went through. Can I share one with you? Let me just share one here with you. and I'm going to bring it to a close. Before I ever met Jessica, and I may have shared this before, so this is a repeat. I was in a relationship that I should not have been in. It was not the will of God. I tried to fight God on it. I tried to fight my leadership over it. My leadership would come to somebody and say, this woman is not the right one for you. And I would fight No, this is, this is God I heard from God. And all of y'all people are idiots and y'all don't know what y'all are talking about. But I knew better. I really did. But Jeremy Cook wanted what Jeremy Cook wanted. And when all that blew up, I didn't know how I was going to handle it all. I felt like I was going to lose my mind. It's the only time in my, in my life that I ever, in my life, that I can honestly say that I came close to having a nervous breakdown in my life, Pastor. I didn't know how I was going to get through all of this. I mean. All of this I thought, I thought that this was I argued with you, I did all of this, I hey God this is what I wanted. And I was sitting out by my pool and God began to touch me there. And I like to say that everything got better all of a sudden. All the problems, all the heartaches, and everything went away. I'd like to be able to say that in that moment, you know, all the little pieces of my broken heart were good, you know, and it was all mended back it, but it wasn't. But today, I can look back and I can say, God, can see your hand as you were patient with me, and you were long-suffering with me, and how I wanted you to fix all of this, you said, no, I'm just going to take you through it, and every day was just a little bit better than the day before now I can look back and I kid myself now and I laugh at myself thinking to myself why in the world was I so tore up over all of that sometimes we have to go back and we have to marvel at God's hand of protection on us because True patience, I've got four minutes to finish this up, so bear with me here. True patience makes us more Christ-like. Why? Because he went through it all. I was praying one time, and I said, "God, you just don't understand. Ever been there? Oh yeah. God, you just don't understand. And he spoke to me in the most patient way possible, and he said, I do, because I've been there. The Bible says that he that he went through everything that you and I went through. Now here's something. Are you ready? And that tells me at some point or another that if he had to have been tempted at all points. He had to endure everything that we face. That tells me that at one point or another, he had to be sick. That means, that has to tell me that at one point, as a man, the lady had to walk by him. And the temptation was there to go. See, we don't like to talk about the humanity of Christ. And there were things that He endured. He had to endure the cross. Because there was a victory on the other side of it. Patience is more than passive waiting. Let me just say this In the two minutes that I have left, if you think that patience and waiting is just simply about, all right, God, you will drive yourself crazy. But true patience in God is resting in the character that He will work. All things for your good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. And in the final 30 seconds, here's my scripture. Isaiah 43 and 2. Are you ready? You ought to rejoice in this tonight. Because here's the promise that He has given to His children. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. You know what that means? That means you may have to walk, you may have to go through the water, but you don't have to get wet. You may have to go through the fire, but you don't have to get burned up in the fire. You may have to go through the storm, but you don't have to be blown around by the storm. I want to tell you, you may have to go through some things, but you don't have to come out looking like what you've been through. My God. Because he said all things will work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. All you've got to do is trust and wait on me. So here's the thing. How is your patience? Stand with me. We hope you enjoyed today's message by Evangelist Jeremy Cook. If you would like more information regarding new season ministry, to schedule Jeremy to minister at your event, or to support the ministry with a love gift, please contact us at 859-404-4007. Or you may email him at pastorjeremycook at gmail.com. God bless, and we will see you next time on New Season Ministry.